Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve, and you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, an irreverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. How's it going today, Steven? It is going great. Dustin, did you shoot a wedding this last weekend? We haven't asked that of each other in a very long time. Even this would be the only time you will have the opportunity to hear me say, no, I did not shoot a wedding last weekend. You shot a wedding last weekend. Yeah, Dustin, I did shoot a wedding this weekend. And the air conditioning in the reception, which was on like the 10th floor of a building, did not work. It got mm. real hot because it was like 98 degrees outside. It got real, real hot in that building. Oh, I've... We have a couple of venues around here that don't have AC and it's just, it's rough, rough. Barn venues? Uh, well, barn venues, but also there's like this one, actually where we had our reception, the reception area has air conditioning, but then they have a like ceremony area on the top floor of the building that's like super old, has never been renovated, uh, no air conditioning. And that's why we decided not to get married there, but we've done weddings there. They do that thing where they throw those giant, like, gymnasium-style fans, like, every five feet to, like, blow air. At the ceremony? Yeah, and then you can't hear anything that people say. What? What? Why wouldn't they just set the reception area up for the ceremony? Just have the people seated at the tables that they're going to sit at. These are all valid points, Stephen. Valid points. This, that, uh, man, that's, that's frustrating. Mm, I'm, oh man. I mean, you can see the show notes. You know that I'm already super frustrated about everything going on in the world right now. So, um, Steve, you're, you're always a little bit tense. Let's say that. Dustin, let's just push on into follow-up before I blow my lid on this. I, I, I would like to hear about the yellow. <laughs> that's the main event of the story. So the... <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna not mention that, Dustin. I was gonna breeze right past that. No. Why did I put that in the show notes? At the at the wedding I was shooting, there was a there was a guy there. He was wearing a very crisp, very white shirt. It looked great until he lifted his arms in the air, and he had pit stains, but they weren't like normal pit stains where they're like brown. His pit stains were piss yellow. Hmm. The- not like normal piss, but like you ate a ton of vitamins and asparagus and forgot to drink water all day. And then you went and used the restroom. That was the color of his uh, armpit pit stains. It was, it was weird. It's lovely. You, might, you should have walked up to him with a glass of water. <laughs> You're like, hey man, I'm concerned about your hydration levels. You need to drink up, buddy. Speaking of, are you drinking tonight, Stephen? Oh, wow. Doing lots of stuff we don't do very often anymore. Yes, I am drinking, and tonight I'm drinking a Dragonfly IPA from Upland Brewery. Dragonfly IPA is a great Indiana beer for a great Indiana man like me, Steve Van Elk. What are you drinking tonight, Dustin? Uh, I'm actually drinking water because I am on a diet. I have finally pulled the trigger, gone all in. On a no carb, no sugar, might as well die diet. I think that's what diet stands for. Uh, but my sister's wedding is coming up here in October. So I'm doing five months of insanity, dieting, killing myself. Now, Dustin, when I met you, you were on a no carb, no sugar, no fun diet, if I remember correctly. In fact, the very first time I ever hung out with you, you invited me over to your house for a beer. And I show up and you get a beer and you give me a beer and then you start drinking like a green shake thing in front of me. It was utterly disgusting. I don't think I was on a diet. I think I was on a cleanse. I think I was hoping that cleanse... Oh, maybe I know when you came. I was doing the the spinach shake thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, but it was delicious. You got me a Christmas ale, your favorite beer, and uh, you even put some cinnamon sugar down. You got the, the rim of the glass wet, got the rim into that cinnamon and sugar. Mm. So I had mm. this delicious beverage blowing down my throat, and then you were drinking some sort of gross spinach thing. Yeah, sounds about right. 
I've eating, eaten more grilled chicken and eggs in the last 14 days than I care to admit. That sounds terrible. I'm sorry you're living that kind of life, buddy. It's okay. Got to live it to live longer. Dustin, can we head on into follow-up trademark John Syracuse now? John Syracuse. First up on follow-up, I forgot to put this in, but what has happened on Facebook, Dustin? Can you fill us in? What has happened on Facebook? Please elaborate, Stephen Van Allen. There's something we've been joking around about doing for a real, real, real long time. And then we finally pulled the trigger this week. Oh, I thought I thought it was so, I thought it was sort of like the rules of Fight Club, but we can't talk about Fight Club. No, that was last week's episode. <laughs> that whole shenanigan. Uh, so Stephen and I have taken the initiative to start a super secret uh, wedding hangover uh, Facebook group for all of you guys who uh, feel more comfortable asking your questions in um, that sort of setting. And just uh, starting a community around this podcast and building each other up uh, with goofiness and fun, uh, as well as little tidbits of Steven and I. Let's not call it a super secret Facebook. Uh, Let's just call it a private Facebook. We, We want it to be a safe place to hang out and vent if you need to vent after a wedding, like Dustin and I so often do on this show. And uh, also to, you know, share pics and, you know, tell people how great they're doing and ask for advice, that kind of stuff. But it's it's going to remain private, like a closed Facebook group, so that, you know, if you do ever ask something like, hey, I really screwed up at a wedding, can somebody help me? You know, you don't have to worry about one of your clients seeing that, because that would be weird. So, like Steve said, it's a super secret Facebook club, <laughs> I mean group, uh, where we'll get together every now and then and chat in Facebook. So, next up on follow-up, Dustin, you're wearing glasses this week, and they're different than the glasses you were wearing last week, but these are also blue light glasses. To describe these glasses to you, um, if you're familiar with Rivers Cuomo from Weezer, uh, the kind of glasses he wears. So, I mean, I guess kind of like Buddy Holly, right? Who are you? I, I look just um, like Buddy Holly. No? These these are all references way before my time. Yeah, how young you are sometimes. I know, Stephen. It's okay. You know, Weezer's still making music, and it's music Is that it? I don't like anymore. Oh, I'm sorry, bud. It's, it's uh, okay. You know, they had the Blue Album. They had Pinkerton. Those were both great, great, great albums. And then they had the Green Album and Maladroit, and those were both good albums. And then I stopped listening to them. I don't listen to music, so that's... <laughs> Dustin actually can't listen to music. As soon as any sort of musical uh, note gets struck, he goes completely deaf. Yep. how I'm able to work so hard. Um, so yeah, I took the leap. Can you imagine that at a wedding? You're out on the dance floor and the reception starts. They're playing the first dance. It's like up until then you could hear everything and then the first dance starts and Dustin just can't hear a thing. <laughs> Well, I don't know how many of you wedding photographers out there, but I just, during a reception, I am just completely oblivious to the music that's being played. I don't even hear it. It's uh, like, I zone it out completely. You could do that thing that uh, Sam and Nathan talked about, where Sam wears headphones that are really tiny and he plays like metal music the whole time during the reception. That sounds even worse to me. That sounds like a way to blast out your eardrums and go deaf real early. Yeah, I'm trying to stay young, not get old, uh, which is why I bought these glasses. Um, so I these bought, Rivers Cuomo glasses. Yeah, it's called. These are called Pixify. Um, there's a few other brands. You can get really cheap ones on Amazon, all the way up to like really, really designery, nice ones. And uh, yeah, I got three pairs, and my, these are the ones my wife settled on that was acceptable for me to wear. Your wife, who looks just like Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, I don't think my wife looks like Mary <laughs> Tyler Moore. <laughs> I'm, I'm still referencing the Weezer song. I'm sorry. But um, I find that if I wear them to meetings, my closing rate goes up too because people think I look smarter. Oh, then you can sell them on all the tech products too, right? You're like, look, you wanted this wedding package, but if you just upgrade right here, I'll throw in some drone coverage and I'll use a gimbal for the video as well. And that's going to add on another $1,000, but you're really going to want that. And they're like, oh, he looks real smart, so I'll just go with it. If you go up to this package, I'll even bring C-stands. Oh, nice. What? I'll bring C-stands with some flags, and I'll, I'll flag the light off. 
I'll put light up and then flag that light. I'm going to shape it. I'm shaping my lights. But yeah, so far I've used them off and on again for about a week. Honestly, I don't really notice a huge shift from my screen. But being someone who doesn't normally wear glasses, that's been the biggest challenge for me. It's just getting used to kind of seeing through frames. But yeah, they're they're uh, they're not bad. So there hasn't been a huge flux or even a F period lux? Not compared to um, like my friend had a pair that I tried on from... There hasn't fancier. been a night shift? Nope. No night shift, Steven. <laughs> I will not play into your puns. I'm just naming products that 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 get rid of the blue light on your computer so you don't have to wear glasses. Oh, but we've been over this, Dustin. Um, but they're helping you out or no? I haven't had any headaches. Well, that's good. So, yeah, you're yeah. getting like headaches all the time, right? Yeah. Have you been sleeping more, drinking coffee? That could also be because I'm I'm uh, I've cut sugar out of my diet, so we'll we'll see. Ooh, no, because typically when you cut sugar out of your diet, you get a really bad headache right oh, when you cut I, it out. I I had that. That was 48 hours in. Oh. That was that was bad. That was I was in a really bad place that day. Give me your peanut butter M&Ms. Is that what it was like? I I will say, for those of you out there who are thinking about dieting or have dieted or want to diet, um, the the amount of stuff they now have for eating healthier is just insane. Um, like, we have a couple grocery stores that are like health food stores, and they just have so much. Uh, a lot of it's bullshit, but... Now, those every grocery now then, stores that are health food stores, that's just like Walmart, right? Uh, like Earth Fair and Fresh Time and... So you just go into Walmart and you find the things that are green, the packaging that's green, and that's good? I I think you just look for the organic label, Steven. Good. Cool. I'm glad we got that cleared up and uh, we could help everybody out. I just just want the Dorito-covered kale chips. (laughs) (laughs) That would be excellent. Might make your kale chip taste good. Yeah, that's actually a thing. Nacho cheese kale chips. So, Dustin, let's move on to the, the, the real show. Dustin. Steven. So, Facebook recently added a request a quote function to Facebook pages. We're really skipping around here. All right. Yeah. Well, I don't want to start out with one of my rants. Uh, All righty. So, Dustin, how do you feel? What are your thoughts and feelings about the request a quote option on your Facebook page? I would have liked to have been notified that that change was happening. Yeah, Because me too. all of a sudden, I started getting just a flurry of these. And for all kinds of things, like birthday photography, you know, all sorts of odds and ends. And I was just like, where are these coming from? I thought it was like some sort of third-party plug-in or thing that I had done mm-hmm. by accident. And... Um, I mean, it definitely, I feel like, makes people's responses more efficient um, to the questions they're asking based upon what I've been seeing. At least now I know that it's a wedding and I'll know what date uh, up front, let alone like, what's your prices, bro? Which is like the typical question I get on there. Bro, I bought this dowel off of eBay and like... I read this thing that said like sometimes it might be looking at you when you close your eyes and sometimes it might be in a different position when you wake up. I don't want to call it a haunted doll, but I was wondering if you could come over and just set up a camera and take photos. How much would that cost? <laughs> I want to capture it in the action. In the action. Is that the kind of request for coats you're, quotes you were getting? The request yeah. for coats. <laughs> the, re- the coat request. Could you please send me a coat? I need a leather jacket. <laughs> Just a vinyl jacket, please. Vinyl jacket will do. Actually, I'm I'm gonna change it up. I'm gonna go denim. <laughs> Studded. And just take the take the sleeves right off. Let's not even call it a coat. Let's let's go full on vest now. Okay. We digress. What do you think about this, Steve? What are your thoughts, oh, feelings, gosh. emotions? The request a quote option through Facebook pages is just awful. <laughs> Every single time I get somebody who sends Jen or I a request for a quote it's just like this is a person who will never ever book with us because several t- recently <laughs> i got i got to go pick my words very carefully here recently uh someone sent us a request for a quote 
and they referenced specific things that had nothing to do with us. And it became obvious very quickly that they had just copy and pasted the request a quote and sent it to a bunch of different photographers. And so I feel like uh, we already had kind of like a general feeling that people who were doing that were mostly just bargain bargain hunting. They're, you know. Looking for the bargain bin. Yeah, they're, they're searching for the bargain bin and they wanted to know if they could... Uh, if we were a good deal or not, as far as they didn't want to pay any money. and You guys are definitely not a good deal. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we have yet to find somebody who requests a quote who we feel like is actually serious. If we even send them back something that says, like, hey, we'd love to talk to you um, more. We don't discuss quotes through Facebook, but if you want to have, like, a phone call or something, we'd love to talk to you. We just never get a response to that, so... I hate it. I absolutely 100% hate it because it's filling our inboxes with things that are not helping our business at all. And you'll get like a request for a quote at like two in the morning. And then at like three in the morning, you get like a response that's like, hey, you better respond to this message or else you're not going to be doing well on your response rate on your Facebook page. And it's like, yeah, because I'm not awake at two in the morning. I'm asleep. So I don't right. care. Gosh, the whole response rate thing that Facebook does with pages just utterly pisses me off. It's like, seriously, like give people 24 hours to respond. But gosh, they put on there like, oh, this person responds in five minutes or less. They have a hundred percent response rate. And it's just like, not everybody who sends you a message is even somebody you should respond to. Like half the time I'm like, should I just send back like a thumbs up emoji so that Facebook <laughs> counts it as a response? Oh, I do all the Gosh. time. The worst is when you get like another wedding photographer who is messaging you cause they need photos done or something. And it's like, stop responding. Let me have the last word. So my response rate doesn't go down here. Yeah, I I literally had I want to I don't know if it was a bride I can't remember who it was but it was like somebody was like asking me questions for some reason I every now and then we'll get a bride who instead of emailing will just write us on Facebook and she was like writing and then I I was like answered the question and then she was like okay thanks and I'd be like oh you're welcome and she's like uh, thanks for the quick reply and I'm like. You're welcome yeah. for the quick reply. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to have that last word so that Facebook closes off the message. Yeah. I I mean, I'm not 100% certain that's how the algorithm works with that, but I feel like it is just based on what I see from stuff on other people, when other people complain and bitch about theirs and just my own personal feelings about it. Facebook is not trying to help businesses. They're trying to screw us over. That That is my one big takeaway from Facebook. It's like, yeah, we would love to like buy ads to get more people to like our page. Oh, and now that you've done that, now you have to buy ads to get the people who like your page to see your content. And like, it's just like, come on, Facebook, like you, you screw me over once, but don't screw me over a million times. Speaking of Facebook. What, what? Did you want to talk about the guy who's been blowing up your news feed, Steve Vanna? Oh, gosh. Do I have to talk about this? I wrote it all out in the show notes. I feel like that that should be good enough, right? <laughs> I just want to go down this white rabbit hole with you, Stephen. All right. So recently I have on Facebook and Instagram been utterly bombarded with ads from, uh, I'm just going to call him a hack named Professor Xavier. And if you have been bombarded with this stuff, you'll probably be like, oh, that's great. And it would be so much more interesting if his name actually was Professor Xavier instead of his real name, which also ends in Xavier <laughs> and also starts right. with a P. But he's blasting out these ads every single day and they are just all over in my feed. And I made the mistake of clicking on the very first one I saw to write a comment because it was so, so frustrating to me. So he's trying to sell himself as a marketing guru for getting more commercial video production shoots. And in the first ad that I saw, he wrote that he could help you break out of the cycle of giving things away for free to try to lure clients into working with you. And then he said, if you click on his link, he has a free video he wants to give away to you to get you started. So I just commented 
So you're giving away a product that teaches people not to give things away. <laughs> and as you might guess, Dustin, he deleted my comment. But oh. he did not block me. And now I get a new spammy piece of crap ad from this dude every single day on Facebook and Instagram. And they all, all follow like that same method of, hey, I'm going to write 1,000 words and I'm going to include some emojis that are like a red stoplight. So you know these things are wrong. And some green check marks. So you know these things are right. And it all always ends with, and if you click this link, you can get my free video to help you get started. So Dustin, I took the plunge and I clicked the link. Oh, Stephen, yes. tell me you didn't. Oh, I, I, I clicked the link. I clicked it so hard, Dustin. Stephen, no. And... My favorite thing, when I clicked the link, and it was just like a website, and it didn't actually play like a video, but there was an embedded video on there, but I did not want to watch it. I was just reading through it, and um, at one part of his thing, he says that his plan can guarantee you success, basically. And then he had an asterisk after that. And I was very curious what the asterisk was about, because I was like, success is pretty fairly, you know, everybody knows what that is. So I clicked through, and there was like a two-page legal disclaimer saying that success was something that varied for every person, and that while he believes his method will help you, that everyone's success is determined by their personality, their connections, and what finances they can bring to the table. So basically, if you're not rich and well-connected, Professor Xavier can't be blamed when you fail, even though you've bought into his course. So if you see this guy, I would just advise you to stay far, 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 far away from him. <sighs> Everything about this dude just is like the worst ever. <sighs> I'm sorry, Dustin. We're, we are running an educational podcast here, helping people for free, <laughs> teaching them <laughs> how to do photography. <laughs> exactly. We just want to let you guys know, never give anything away for free. <laughs> Exactly. Gosh, I, I can't keep this together. Dustin, let's, I can't, Dustin, I can't Dustin, keep Dustin it. do you have any thoughts on people who do stuff like this? Uh, so I'm actually one of his social media consultants. Um, <laughs> and I help him kind of tailor his uh, Facebook advertising campaigns. And he pays me quite a bit. But I did think it was weird when it came across my desk that he was like, make sure uh, guys in their 30s that live in Noblesville... Uh, we really target them hard for the next couple of weeks. I was like, all right. Guys in the 30s, married, two kids, uh, live in Noblesville. Yeah, target them hard. Hit them up, hit them up, hit them up. Interested in anime with, you know, you know, men's volleyball interests, stuff like that. Oh, Top Gun? Top Gun, men's volleyball? Oh, they're making yeah. a Top Gun too. Huh? Huh? Yep. Doesn't do we don't want to talk about Tom Cruise and his Tom Cruisey boxes again? Tom Cruisey boxes. The seminal moment of our podcast. Tom Cruisey boxes. Where it all happened, man. That's, that's where we took off. So, Dustin, now that I'm done. Are you, though? Stroking my own ego about that good, good episode where you, you came up with Tom Cruisey boxes. So I guess I was really stroking your ego, buddy. You're welcome. How we live, Steve. It's how we live. No, I was supposed to get the last word there. I said you're welcome. I was closing I it out on Facebook. Right there, Dustin. Right there. So, Dustin, I got a question for you. If you get a tip while working with a second shooter, is that tip all yours? Or do you give some of that tip, or all of it, or half of it, whatever, to the second shooter? I assume right now, Stephen, we're talking about monetary tips. Uh, because every now and then when we're working together and you try to slide that tip in, I'm like, hey, Steve, I know that our relationship crosses some boundaries, blurs some lines, and I know that there's sort of a shade of gray between you and I, but we're both married, Steve. We're both working. Not a place for tipping. And I'm like, hey, Dustin, I'm just giving you the tip right now. And that tip is that if you uh, lower your, if you open up your aperture a little bit, you'll get bigger bokeh <laughs> in the background. And you're like, Steve, this is making me so uncomfortable. Please stop. Please stop. I am a professional and this is a professional workplace. 
Uh, so as far as tipping goes, uh, as far as bride and groom or client or whomever giving you money at the end of a wedding, I will say this, there's nothing as a photographer that makes me happier than getting a tip, no matter how much, how little. Um, it's just something that makes me leave with a smile on my face. I've left with like a $20 bill once and I was like, man, they really did like me. It's just sort of, you know, makes you feel loved. But as far as whether or not you share that with your second shooter, there's a lot that goes into that equation. Um, for example, are you married to that second shooter? Because then chances are they're probably getting all that tip. <laughs> I, I, don't, I was I not don't, intending to put a pun on that, but... I, I don't think that's how it works in a married relationship. I, I, I mean, I don't know how other people do it, but in my married relationship, all the money that Jen and I make is... Uh, Jen and I's like, I don't make money and it's like my money. Like any money I make is our money and any money she makes is our money. So yeah, if, if you're married to the second shooter, in my opinion, yeah, that money does go to them as well as you. But let's say you're not married to your second shooter. Do you share with them? Well, I, I mean, think it, can we just reflect on how sad that is to not be married to your second shooter? I choose to marry all my second shooters right before the wedding. I stop the priest before the ceremony and I say, hey... Yo, marry us, father, priest. So do you share tips with your second shooters? I've never been in a situation where I've had a second shooter, I believe, where I was given a tip that I wasn't also working with my wife. Now, I have been a second shooter. Oh, snap. Are we going to put a photographer on blast right now? Who is it? Who took that money from you? Because that tip comes and that should be your money. And they took it out of your hands. They took it out of baby Charlie's hands. I was I was going to say that I've been a second shooter. And these have all, all been weddings that were in either Chicago or New York. Never Fort Wayne um, or Indianapolis or anywhere smaller. People tip but, in uh, Indy. I've never had it happen, man. But typically when uh, the tip was given out, there was also a tip designated for the second photographer. Like I would oh. get my own envelope. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah. So I, I posed this question to Dustin because I was shooting a wedding a few weeks ago in Muncie. And the mother of the bride gave me a tip. And I was like, hey... I took the tip and I pocketed it and I didn't look at it till I got home, but I was planning on, you know, splitting it with my second shooter. And I was just like, how much do I give to the second shooter? And also Dustin, do I give any of the tip to the second shooter? What's the protocol here? <laughs> Cause I was really lost and I really needed Dustin's help. And Dustin said, did the second shooter see you get the tip? <laughs> Because if not, then you don't give them any money. And no, the second shooter did not see me get the tip. But uh, there, There's your answer. <laughs> I went ahead and tipped the second shooter a percentage of the tip. I don't know how this works for everybody else. Uh, I read a bunch of stuff online when I was trying to figure out what percentage I wanted to give to the second shooter. And there are a lot of people who are like, if I get a tip at a wedding, I give the whole tip to the second shooter. And I was just what? like, yeah... What is that tip? Like five bucks? Like, yeah, I would give that whole tip to the second shooter too. But as far as I could see, there's no set etiquette for whether or not you should tip a second shooter. So I want to I want to just go on record here personally and say, I think if you get a tip, you should give a percentage of that tip to the second shooter. I do not think the percentage that you give them should be 50%. Because while it may feel like to a lot of people that you're getting tipped based on your work on the day of the wedding and the second shooter's like 50% responsible for that work. The second shooter's not really responsible for hardly any of that work <laughs> because you did all the pre-production, all the pre-planning. You probably met with them. You probably did an engagement shoot. And when you get a tip, it's typically not just for, oh, you showed up on the wedding day and did a good job. It's usually because you've developed a great relationship with them going into the wedding day. Now, it right. might be different in different cities, but, like, that's how it feels to me here in Indianapolis. I was told that the protocol on tipping was as follows. If you shoot for a wedding studio, 
that is like a multi-shooter studio where the bride and groom is in full knowledge that you are not getting the full amount that they paid. Mm -hmm. Let's say it's like a $3,000 wedding package and you're getting paid, like the main shooter's getting paid like, I don't know, let's say $900 and the second shooter's getting $300 or whatever. Um, Then they kind of know that because it's a studio. That's kind of how they're run. And so that's why I find that they'll tip in that situation. So when I worked in New York, I worked for a wedding studio and that's why we would get tipped almost at every wedding. And it wasn't until I moved to Fort Wayne and I got used to getting tipped at every wedding and no longer you got You started tipped. waiting for the the parents of the bride and groom out in the parking lot afterwards. Uh, where the hell's my tip? Uh, are you guys missing that envelope, you know? <laughs> Where's that cheddar? But yeah, that's when I kind of did some research on tipping and found out that most people, etiquette-wise, uh, only tip when it's a studio scenario where they know that the photographer is getting paid crap compared to what his boss is taking home to the bank. But I mean, when it's you or I working, it's the exception because we don't work for studios. We're working for ourselves. Uh, you, you have associate shooters. Jen and I have associate shooters. What happens if an associate gets tipped? They get to keep it. It's all theirs. Do they have to split it with a second shooter? Our associates always shoot with a second shooter. Uh, see, mine always shoots alone. She will be shooting with a second shooter this year. Oh, so cool. I leave that to her own prerogative. That's that's her call. She earned the tip. It's up to her how she wants to handle it. But she didn't just earn the tip. On the day of the wedding, that is the day she's getting tipped, she has a second shooter there with her all day. Yeah. So you're saying that they're on the same level? level. No, no, no. I'm saying like, uh, so if you go to a restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. And you uh, tip somebody at the restaurant. Um, from uh-huh. my friends who work in the restaurant industry, what they say is, as a server, you typically split your tips with the uh, chef or the cook. No, it's not true. Not like fifty-fifty, but like ten percent of all the tips goes to like the chef or the cook. That's that's mm-hmm. what all of my friends in Muncie and uh, Indy have told me. And they work at terrible restaurants where restaurateurs are totally taking advantage of them. Possibly. I've, ha- I've worked at restaurants in the past where tips were divided by the host and the dishwasher and the busser, but never the cook. Maybe maybe that's what it was. Maybe I misheard what they said. Yeah. It's okay, Steve. That's what you got me. Keep you honest. I've never worked at a restaurant, so it would be very easy for me to get this wrong. Steven, what percentage did you end up deciding to go with? I think it was 33%. And what made you land on that magic number? I just felt like the second shooter helped a lot during the day. And I didn't feel like I didn't feel like 50% was quite right. Just um I was thinking about it like if if I was the primary shooter and he was the secondary shooter and like we were working for a studio or something. Um, how would that tip get split or how would somebody tip those people? And in my mind, I would tip the primary shooter more than I would tip the second shooter. So in my mind, it was like, it shouldn't be 50, 50. That's basically what it came down to. And now looking at the primary shooters photos, I mean, the secondary shooters photos, you still feel 33% was a fair tip. I I felt like my second shooter earned every penny of that, buddy. Dustin. Do yes, you Steven. ever hang dresses for the dress shot? Absolutely. Would you ever consider hanging a dress outside on a tree? I always be hanging on a tree with my dresses. For realsies. For realsies. However, I will say my New Jersey wedding two weeks ago, my lovely second shooter was giving me a hard time. Because apparently I'm out of the loop and I don't bring a 3M uh, hook with me to weddings. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently that's a thing she does. And it would have been really handy because we were in a hotel room with nowhere to hang this dress. Interesting. Yeah. And I looked it up later and it turns out there's a lot of people that do that. They get that little like brush nickel uh, 3M hook. With, you know, the adhesive back that just pulls right off the hotel wall or wherever you're at. No, you just leave it up, bud. <laughs> yeah. You just walk away. <laughs> leave, leave hooks all over the place. How expensive are they? 
I, I think they're pretty expensive. I think they're like eight, ten bucks. Yeah, like I said, you just leave those all over the place. Eight, ten bucks. You wrap that into the price of the wedding. All of your package just went up ten bucks. Yeah, there you go. So that's my tip of the week right there is uh, getting those little brush, bronze, nickel, whatever they are, um, hooks. That is a great tip. And by my tip of the week, I mean my second shooter's tip of the week that I was given. And who is that second shooter? Oh, wait, you don't want to say, do you? Because you said so many terrible things about this second shooter already on the podcast. She's my my bestest friend. (laughs) So I specifically brought this up because I saw a photo a photographer did where they hung a tree or they hung the bride's dress. They hung a tree. Uh, They hung a tree. It was... So terrible. They hung the dress outside on a tree. And when I looked at it, uh, I'm just going to say the first thought that went through my mind was the bride hung herself. It was not, oh, that's a pretty dress shot. It was like, oh my gosh, what the f. And I talked to my wife about it, and she said she has the exact same feeling every time she sees a dress that is hung on a tree. It looks like somebody is hanging themselves to death. It does not look like a pretty dress picture anymore. It sounds like you and your wife watch too many horror movies. Uh, it's called The Wizard of Oz. And yes, it scarred everyone's childhood, Dustin. There are people hanging from trees in The Wizard of Oz? Do you seriously not know about this? I guess not. In, Please In the movie, go on. The Wizard of Oz, in one of the scenes in the background, you can see a man hang himself to death from a tree. Really? Yeah. It's like a silhouette in the background. Why do they do that? They didn't realize it was happening when they were shooting the film, and then it made oh, the final cut. It was like a happy accident. No, I wouldn't say happy. <laughs> I would not say happy. Man. Huh. Interesting. When I see clothes hanging from a tree, that's so abnormal to me. I never would in a million years think, oh, somebody hung that there. I would think, oh, somebody's dead there. Every single time. It's just not something flattering. I will dig into my archives, find a dress hanging from a tree, and post it up on the Insta, and we will let you listeners decide. Nope, that's not going to happen, because I'm not going to let that happen on our Instagram. You can post it up on your personal Instagram. So we will let you guys see what you think on the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast Instagram account. Dustin, you already knew that I was angry coming in this episode. Why would you try to get me more angry? I like to poke the bear. Ask my wife about it. It's how my marriage is. I'll wait till she's angry and try to make her more angry. So since I'm already angry. So <laughs> a DJ at a wedding I shot recently told me that he has had to teach photographers how to shoot the first dance. He said he's been working with a lot of newbies recently and they shoot the first dance with the DJ booth as a backdrop instead of positioning themselves so that the rest of the wedding hall and the guests are the backdrop. And this was incredibly upsetting to me. That's what you did. And I just want to talk about how this is absolute bullshit. So the bride and the groom know where their guests are positioned when they're doing their dance and whether it's a choreographed dance or not, but especially if it's a choreographed dance, they're dancing for the crowd. So when you're shooting them, you're shooting, the best spot would be to shoot them where they're dancing towards, especially if they're doing a choreographed dance. If you want to get all those sick dips, flips, whips, ships, nips, nope, 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 nope. But if if you want to get all that stuff, like... The best, the best spot to be is at a position where you can actually see it happening. And it's all going to be directed towards the crowd. And if you know anything about DJs, they typically set up on the other side of the dance floor from where the crowd is. So they are typically set up at a point where the if you're shooting from where they are looking back at the crowd, you're going to be getting the butts a lot during those those dips, flips, and whips. Which, I mean, you know, if, if that's your thing, like, that's cool. Like, if, if your couples want butt shots, that's, that's cool, man, to each their own. Everybody's got their thing, you know? But that's, that's not my thing, per se. That's not my thing. Yeah. Is that, is that your thing, Dustin? The, the butt shots? Yeah. No. I used to have a thing uh, when I first started shooting where I would really like to get a bunch of photos of people's feet while they were dancing. 
But now looking back, I think that was kind of weird. Yeah. So anyway, if you're looking to get those sick ass moves, a lot of times you're going to be shooting towards the DJ booth. And now I've said all this and I've gone on my rant about the dips, the whips and the flips. And yet still, I find myself shooting in a position where I'm not necessarily standing right in front of the DJ booth, but a lot of times I'm like right to the side of it because I hate getting the DJ's stuff in the background. But it just made me so angry that the DJ was talking about how he's telling photographers how to do their job because it's like they have a specific reason for why they're shooting that way. And to some photographers, it's more important to get those dips, flips, and whips while they're eating <laughs> chips. Hey, Stactasus. They got a drink and they're getting some sips. <sighs> Love it. But, you know, that's just more important to some people. And so to hear a DJ say that he's like walking over to f- professional photographers who are paid to be there and telling them where to stand and where to shoot just pissed me off to no end. I don't, I don't sit around at weddings, Dustin, and go up to the DJ and say, look, look, so you've been talking to me a lot about how if I bring the bride and groom out to do some night shots, you're going to lose the dance floor because apparently nobody <laughs> wants to dance if the bride and groom aren't in there anymore. So this is just my advice to you, DJ. Don't do an anniversary dance immediately after the first dance because while you tell me that you like doing the anniversary dance after the first dance because it brings everybody out on the dance floor. What I and everybody else see is that what you're doing is you're bringing everybody out on the dance floor for about, um, some of them just like 10 seconds. And then you're making them get off the dance floor. And once they get off the dance floor, they feel like, Hey, I've completed my dancing. (laughs) Check that box. Where is the bar? I am getting another drink. Where are my friends? I want to talk to. I dance with my wife. And now I am done. And, and check, please. And what happens at the end of the anniversary dance? You're left with just two people out on the dance floor. There's not a ton of people out on the dance floor. You've cleared the dance floor. But do I go up and say these words to a DJ? Yes. No. Yes, you do, Steve. I should. I probably should. I should probably just record this rant, which, oh, we're doing that right now. Record this rant and then... Just send it out to DJs before I go shoot weddings with them. Just be like, stop doing the anniversary dance. It clears the dance floor. It is the worst thing ever. And then I can't get photos for another 30 to 40 minutes because there's nobody on the dance floor anymore because they all went to the bar. I love it. So, yeah, no. I was just getting very, very upset. Another time that makes me very upset is when the DJ is like, hey, for the first dance, I'm going to put a spotlight on the bride and groom. It's kind of dark in here. I want people to see, be able to see them. And they turn a spotlight on it, and it's like a purple spotlight. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, oh, great. <laughs> now I have to deal with that in my skin tones. Yeah, we, we had a wedding. I didn't photograph it. My wife did, and she didn't quite know to how to handle that. They had one of those like high-powered um, DMX lights. Mm-hmm. And it just was like following the bride and groom as they dance, like beaming them in the faces. And it was in like a barn wedding. So she was already having trouble like balancing her flash with the orange barn wood. And then take that and add a blue LED light hitting them in the face. Ooh, yum, yum. Mm. Sounds good. You know what else I really hate is when, uh, and this happens a lot, DJs will say some stupid stuff like, hey, I'm going to call everybody out to the dance floor for a group photo. And instead of like saying that to you in advance, they just call everybody out to the middle of the floor for a group photo. And then once all the guests are there, they'll just grab the mic up and be like, where's the photographer? And it's like, I'm sorry, was this planned ahead of time that we were going to do a group photo? No, because if you had mentioned it to me, I would have told you no way, no way in hell am I going to do this photo because it's a terrible photo and I don't want to waste my time on it. But they're like, but I got to have a way to get everybody out on the dance floor. We, we worked with one so DJ so you're, one you're time. You're my scapegoat. <laughs> we worked with one DJ one time who he said he wanted everybody out on the floor for a group photo. And then he pulled out his own DSLR to take a photo. And he talked to us ahead of time to say he was going to do that because he, he posts group photos from every single wedding he does to his own thing. And we were like, that's cool. 
because we don't want to take that photo and we don't want to be a part of that. Like it just looks cheesy and weird. And like half the time everybody's like, why is this person making me do it? And when the DJ tries to pass it off, like it's for the photographer and it's like, now you've like affected my brand and you've affected the way the people at the wedding think about me with your idea that I didn't want to do. And I have no intention to ever do at any other weddings that I do. Sounds about right. I think you should start doing it then. I should start doing group photos. I'm yeah. sorry. It took me a second to catch what you were saying there. And no, 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 no. Do you do group photos? I've been listening to another podcast, like uh, some guys in Australia and New Zealand. And they, uh, they say it's like a thing there. You always do a group photo at every single wedding. And it blew my mind. Uh, I've had a lot of brides ask to do it every now and then. We'll actually pull it off. But typically... If I'm staying late enough that by the time I actually say, like, hey, do you still want to do that group photo? And, like, she kind of looks around and sees that, like, the bulk of her friends have left by now. She's like, ah, no, we're okay. I'm like, yes! Score one for the A-team! <laughs> that is always my favorite when they're like, yeah, we want to get a photo with, like, all of our friends from college or whatever. And you're like, yeah, sure, we can do that. And then when it comes time for it, they're just like... Nah, we decided not to do that. It's just everybody's hanging out. We don't want to disrupt it. And, you know, it's just like, yes. <laughs> I, my thoughts exactly. I would not want to interrupt the vibe of this wedding. So let's do some Q&A, Dustin. Q&A, Stephen. Let's do some Q&A. But, but Steve... Deirdre from the Facebook group says, So I am on my fourth client asking me to shoot their wedding this year. I've turned the first three down. Holy cow. Because I have never shot a wedding. And it is not a good idea to jump in alone. But. 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 But I know I'm missing out. But you are missing out. How do I go about getting another photographer to shoot this wedding and have me be the second shooter? I have no ah. I, I have no experience with weddings and have never even been a second shooter, but I want to start. So how can I make this happen? I've actually uh, had a friend experience this um, where a second shooter or an unexperienced like person wanted to get into weddings and she had friends asking her to do their weddings. And so she contacted him and asked him if he would be willing to do the weddings at a discounted rate and also then in turn hire her to second shoot them. And he agreed and then it ended up um, blowing up in his face. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds like a situation that's gonna blow up anytime you ask for a discounted rate. Because what he didn't realize was, so she's a graphic designer mm -hmm. and uh, she designs wedding invitations. And so she factored into the pa discounted package wedding invitations. And he didn't realize that. And so he thought, okay, I'm getting X. And in reality, X was minus wedding invitations, which are pretty expensive. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what did he walk away with, like 200 bucks? Uh, he wa I don't know how much he walked away with, but he was also supposed to shoot this person's wedding, which is why, you know, she reached out to him first because he was already booked to shoot her wedding. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, she ended up, he ended up losing her wedding as well as the other couple weddings he had booked with her. Wait, what? There were more weddings after that wedding that she was going to second yeah, she, shoot? Yeah, she had like four, I think like two, three or four weddings with him. And then her wedding was like in the fall. And um, this was last year. And yeah, she did the one. And yeah, it all kind of fell apart. Because she didn't tell him that the cost of the invitations was included. Jeez. And yeah, and then she, she from what I heard from him, and obviously this is just one side of the story, uh, then she didn't even show up to the wedding that she was supposed to second shoot because it didn't like work out with her schedule or something. What? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to answer your question, um, what I would do is simply approach someone that maybe is Dustin, a more you have seasoned... to find this friend to come on the show and tell this story because I 
I need to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Okay. This is utterly ridiculous. Of course. How? Oh my gosh. How? Man. Oh, this is this is so upsetting, this story, Dustin. It's so upsetting. I know. So what's your advice for us, Stephen? Uh, Deirdre, you got to jump in the deep end sometime. Just go for the wedding. First shoot it. Uh, you're going to say, how do I become the second shooter? But as you just heard from Dustin, that is a situation that's going to blow up in your face and it's going to blow up in the primary shooter's face. And the reason it's going to blow up is because the primary, the reason no primary shooter wants to do this with you is because they know that the person contacted you to try to hire you first. And they know that going forward, they're not going to get any referrals from this person. This person's going to refer you. This person's going to talk about you as being the wedding photographer. So you might as well just go all in, get all that money and uh, be the primary shooter and maybe just reach out to this person and hire them to second shoot. This person that you're thinking about asking to primary shoot. There you go. And then on the day of the wedding, just be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Please do everything for me and I'll give you an extra $500. (laughs) I mean, I'm always of the mindset of hiring second shooters that are better than me. Yeah. How's that work out for you? I mean, I guess my... I guess my thoughts are why would you ever want to hire a second shooter that's inferior to you why steven is always shooting with me when i have the opportunity oh that's sweet buddy then i found out he's inferior and then i never hired him again oh are you canceling that upcoming wedding that i'm second shooting with you no 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 steve <laughs> keep that right, one on cool. the books cool cool got it no i'm i'm on the same mindset you want to work with somebody who is you feel like is on the same level as you or better than you like, why wouldn't you want somebody who's going to push you all day and make you get better at what you do and possibly outshoot you? And then you can look at their photos and be like, oh, man, this is what they were doing. This is what they were seeing. And then your next wedding, you keep your eyes open for that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's that's great advice, Dustin. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Shelby from the Facebook groups, male photographers. Oh, man. What do you wear when you shoot weddings? My husband is second-guessing his clothing choices. <laughs> like his life choices. Dustin, are you taking a shot at Shelby right now? On blast. I'm sure she's a good, good wife. Or a good, uh, good husband. I'm not really sure. Is Shelby a male or female name? Either way. Um, but I would... So, I don't know. I've had a very roller coaster ride of wardrobes over my decade of shooting weddings. Uh, started off wearing just a dress shirt and tie, transitioned into a full-on suit. You should have stayed there. You should have stayed at the full-on suit. And then as I got fatter through my career, that suit turned into a vest. From a vest, I went back to a dress shirt and dress pants. And then I went from a dress shirt and dress pants to a dress dress shirt and yoga dress pants. And Oh my gosh, Dustin. Yeah, I know it's sad. Doesn't we were the number one men's style <laughs> podcast for weddings photography for weddings photographies. Wedding photographies. And you just blew it for us with that one sentence right there. Sorry, Steve. But yeah, now I'm transitioning back to dress shirt tie and dress pants. And I'm on the sur- on the hunt for a vest that I like uh, to get back into the vested game. But um, maybe this fall, I will, since I have to get a suit for my sister's wedding, I will get back into the suit-wearing game as well. So since Dustin's advice was absolutely terrible, and what he put in everybody's mind was a terrible vision of him wearing athletic wear while he's shooting a wedding, Dustin's showing up in a sweatshirt and sweatpants. Pretty much. Oh, gosh. Um, This is my advice. Have your husband wear a suit. He should dress as well or better than the guests at the wedding every single time. Why? Because people respect that, and you want your husband to be respected by the guests at the wedding who might be looking to hire you to shoot their wedding. So here's what I'm going to say. You want to up your game. Of course you do. So don't just have your husband wear his three-piece suit, his best three-piece suit, that three-piece suit that he got from Indochino that is custom fit for him, a bespoke suit. You got to get on him 
up his watch game. Is he wearing cufflinks? He should be wearing cufflinks. Is is he wearing those buttons that go in where your buttons should be? Yeah, he should be wearing those. Is he wearing a a jeweled tie clip? He should have on a jeweled tie clip. What kind of watch is he wearing? Have him switch out, you know, whatever that is, uh, for like a $5,000 Rolex, you know? You want to impress these people. At least get like a citizen, you know? Like a like a $1,000 citizen. That's That's some nice stuff there. Get some new shoes for your husband. What is he wearing right now? Is he wearing those lunar... Oh, that should have been follow-up. The Kohans. Is he wearing Kohans? Throw those Kohans out. No. Those, you know how expensive Kohans are? Throw those Kohans right out the door. No. At least sell them. Yeah. Well, you know what, doesn't. Not all of us are made of money like you, Steve. Things that cost a lot of money aren't necessarily stylish. That's, that's where I'm going to leave that one. Uh... But I want to push that now into follow-up, back into follow-up. Dustin, on the episode with David Mendoza, Mm -hmm. a Doza, if I may be so bold, Doza said... Bold. Yeah, Doza and you briefly mentioned the Kohans, and Doza said, oh, are you wearing the Lunar? Kohans and you said yes and this is after I said my goof about your Kohans being moon shoes doesn't are there actually lunar Kohans is that what yours are called the lunars no not that I know of because I've just this whole time been calling your shoes moon shoes because that's what they look like to me because it's like giant white treads on the bottom of your shoes like what the astronauts wore on the moon I think that's just what he was referencing they're not actually called that they are called Zero Grand. Uh, okay. I was really hoping that these uh, Kohans you were wearing were called Lunars, and I just stumbled upon something close when I was making fun of it without knowing what it was. Now I'm just disappointed. Ugh. Sorry, man. Always next time. Dustin, Laura from the Facebook groups. I sh- This is the last one. I shot a wedding in December of 2014. Sent the bride the gallery six weeks later, and she loved it. Magnifique. We have kept in touch over the last few years. She just messaged me now, 2018, four years later. Well, not quite four years yet. In December, will be four years later. So she just messaged me and asked how much it would cost to re-edit her images because she said, I have a different style now, editing-wise, and she wants it. Mm. How much would you charge for it? No, that's a good question. It's something that I've thought about doing for the weddings I did like 10 years ago. And the one of the very first weddings we did for our friends, uh, I actually did do that as an anniversary present for them. Is I went ahead and I re-edited their wedding and then gave it to them on a like a USB drive. You must have really hated the way those photos looked. I just hated the way I used to edit. I used to edit so bad. Mm-hmm. I did that whole sepia tone black and white thing back in the day. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. Not a fan of that. Yeah, and I my photos were just way too warm, way too yellow, orange as my wife calls it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So they were sepia toned and they were yellow. Yellow. Were they? Would you say that they were Western themed? I'd say, hey, old yellow. Oh no, Dustin! They killed that dog <laughs> in the end, Dustin. Why would you bring that up? Don't ruin it. I haven't finished the book. Um, you got rabies, Dustin. Had to put him down with a shotgun. Sh- with a shotgun. Some of our viewers might not have listened to that movie oh, yet. Listened to the movie. <laughs> You don't want to watch viewers. them shoot the dog. It's too much. Um, I don't know. 300 bucks? 300 bucks. So, say you're going to do it in the off season. I don't know. I would say December, December of 2014. I don't even know if I would still have those raw files. Oh, see, I keep all my raw files. See, we used to, and then we realized that they were just taking up space. And space is money. So, yeah, I keep all the raws so that I can go raw. So you just like to play like a dinosaur with your raw files. See, this is this is the thing. Jen and I, when we first started out, we kept all the raws. 
And then it eventually got to a point where we just realized we are never going back to those photos. We've thought about going back and re-editing photos before, and it's just never happened. It's never been worth it to us. And we've never had a client ask if we could go back and re-edit their images. And I think if we did, we'd say, no, but we could do a new shoot for you. Because I also shot a different style back then. It's not just that I'm editing different. It's that I'm actually shooting different because I'm shooting better now. And what you're seeing that you like isn't just the editing style. It's also that I'm just shooting better. So let's do a new shoot. Let's make music together. Let's make sweet harmony. And I'll charge you $300. Just remember that all dogs go to heaven. Yep. <laughs> three, three, $300, three, wait, $300 to reshoot or $300 just to edit? Uh, both. Either or. Ooh, really? But you have to remember, I outsource my editing, so it's not actually give taking any of my time. So you could do that edit in the middle of the season. It wouldn't have to be at the, when you're not busy anymore. Precisely. Nice. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with your hosts, Dustin and Steve. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Wedding Photo Hangover and on Twitter at Wedpick Hangover. If you want to join our new secret Facebook group, just look us up at Wedding Hangover on Facebook. Dustin and I will let anyone and everyone into the group. You can find Dustin on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben, and you can find Steve at Stephen Van Elk. If you've been listening for a while and you feel moved by the spirit of Dustin and I's voices to send some positive yeah. vibes and love our way, we would absolutely love it if you would give us a leave us a five star review on iTunes or Stitcher or or six. Or six. Or six, if you can. Um, it really helps us to find new listeners when we get more positive reviews because it helps us rank higher in the results. And when we get more listeners, it means we can uh, get more people to come on as special guests to drop some wisdom on you guys because they know more about photography than Dustin and me. So it's a win-win for everyone involved. And if you've already given us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, just you know, pull out another credit card, create another account, and leave us another one. <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, guys, it really helps when you guys leave us five-star reviews. Um, If you're not going to leave us a five-star review, um, don't leave a review. It's like my mom always (laughs) said, if you don't have something nice to say, don't even say it. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Your head is pounding. Your limbs feel like dead weight. And your entire being is aching for the sweet embrace of death. That's right. Next Sunday, after you shoot another wedding. Even though this podcast has repeatedly come out on Mondays. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> it came out on a Tuesday. That's, that's how <laughs> weeks hard ago. and heavy your head will be pounding. <laughs> you wake up on Monday and not even realize it's not Sunday. You're exactly. so hungover. Um, so, Dustin, it's been great podcasting with you tonight. Um, is, there any, is there anything cool in our Facebook group? Right now, it's just you, me, my wife, <laughs> a fan producer, Louis Novak, <laughs> and your intern. Your intern who should not be listening to our podcast. She's a good, good girl, right? She's a fantastic human being. Actually, she's been great. We've been uh, getting so much done with her. Yeah, I hope she comes back again next year. In the description of the group, I wanted to put a safe space to share your dick pics. You can. But uh, then I realized Dustin had already added his intern from a Christian college. And I thought, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I'm sure Christian colleges get their fair share of dick pics. Don't we all? Ooh, I got a new dick pic. Did you? Yeah, it's Dick Van Dyke. Oh. Good one. I see. I don't have enough followers. People don't care about me. No one sends me anything. <laughs> oh, and uh, Dick Van Dyke was sent to me by listener David Ferry. Thank you so much. It's going right next to the Dick Cheney that Jackie Santana sent me. Mm, the Dick Hall of Fame. The Hall of Dicks. The Hall of Dicks. And you know, uh, people out there, if you're listening, my middle name is Dick. Named after my uncle, Dick. Uh, so technically, you could send me a picture of myself and that'd be a middle dick pic. Also, for the listeners out there um, who are interested in joining the super top secret Facebook group, um, there's currently a fun debate going on in there. 
Um, no, there's not. No, which, this is getting cut. We're not keeping which, that <laughs> Which template or timeline photo is the best? Uh, be curious to get your thoughts and feedback. Doesn't here's what it comes down to. Um, the photo that you wanted is very unflattering to the bride. I want our group to be a place where women can also be. And when women look at a picture that's very unflattering to the woman in the picture, that immediately feels like a place they don't want to be. So I chose a picture that you took, Dustin, of a beautiful bride and groom in the middle of a field. Beautiful, beautiful picture. I don't, what, what makes it unflattering? Because you shot the photo from her ankles. Well, I had to. She was on the top of a parking garage. No, you didn't have to shoot it from there. You chose to shoot it from there. So I could have brought a ladder is what you're saying. I don't know what you would have done to solve the problem, Dustin. What I'm saying is you didn't have to shoot it like that. You chose to shoot it like that. And it's very unflattering. It makes her look bigger than she actually is. Oh, that's what you think. That's what everyone thinks. That's every single photographer you've ever known who knows what they're doing, knows that if you shoot from below the woman, it makes them look bigger. It makes the man look bigger, too. And you have the man positioned behind, the groom is positioned behind the bride. So the groom looks smaller because he is being hidden by the bride, which only makes the bride look bigger, Dustin. Yeah, because I always like to put a, the woman in a place of power because in our photos, we like to stress feminism and strength and feminality. Yeah, and that would be cool if you were shooting like from her waist, but you're shooting from her where her ankles are. So I'm trying to show that this woman is powerful. I'm trying to shoot up as if she was a man because we don't, we're not sexist like some people. And I can see straight and, up her nostrils and straight up the groom's nostrils. This is why I don't like the photo, Dustin. Well, that and, you know, you did the thing where you put a fake sky in and then you did like your HDR effect. So there's like white halos around all the buildings. There's a lot of reasons why I don't like the photo, Dustin. I like your other photo much better. The real sky, buddy. Was it the real sky in the day? Because I saw the Photoshop file. The Photoshop file. Yeah. You put the PSD into our Dropbox so I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. So that if you ever wanted to flip flop the template... You could. And I did. I put in a yeah. photo of yours I like a lot more. Your photo was even called Crazy Edit. So I know that there's some crazy story about whatever you were doing editing-wise with it. And I still put it in. Even though you know I don't like your crazy edits. It's a good, good photo. I don't like that photo. Why would you put it in our Dropbox as a photo to be used for branding stuff if you don't like it? I knew you would like it. <sighs> I know our taste is polar opposite. It which is, is why we opposite. have a podcast. Why we have a podcast. If anybody's together. still listening to this discussion, just know that everything I'm saying is 100% subjective and that Louis Novak, who's in the group, has already said that he likes the photo. So, I mean, there you go. it's just a matter of taste and my taste is different than Dustin's taste. But if it sounds like I'm giving Dustin a hard time, it's only because I know that he can take it. And take it, I will. But just a tip. As long as I get a tip. All right. Good night, Steve. Good night, Dustin. All of dicks. Wedding Photo Hangover is edited by Steve Van Elk from Bespoke Tone. You can hit up Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, or audio editing needs. Wooey!